you to our live stream this morning. Uh, my name is Dan Jarvis, one of the pastors here, and I know this is a little different than church as usual, but we're really glad that you're joining us. And uh, today we're going to go forward in our series on John and just kind of continue to worship and walk through. We've got an interview planned. We have Bible reading. And so I encourage you just to sit back, relax, grab your Bible, maybe a cup of coffee, and uh, enjoy the next hour of service time with us. And at this time, I want to ask Trevor to offer a few announcements for us. All right, good morning. Jeremiah, if you're out there, do not judge my saxophone playing too harshly. I'm sure you're out there listening. Oh, he squeaked. He squeaked. Oh, no. (laughs) Anyway, I'm learning saxophone, and I figured since, you know, it's a unique week, we might as well try something unique this morning. All right, so announcements. Let's go ahead and put them up on the screen here. Welcome. There we go. Let's go to the next one. All right, so this is something we're going to be doing in April, Lord willing, April 29th. I'd love to get more people involved in the worship team. So whether you play uh, a brass instrument or you play piano or drums or keyboard or anything like that, I'd love you to bring your instrument on April 29th and stay after the second service and try out with us. Um, It doesn't guarantee that you're going to necessarily get a, a slot on the team, but we'd love to include more people in the congregation. I know I've been talking to a number of people out there, and I know we have some string players. I know we have... A lot of talent that we're not utilizing, so I want to take advantage of that. All right, so the next one here. Family Variety Show. If you notice, March 29th is actually the day after the ban, the, the quarantine, whatever it is. So there's still a chance that this could happen in the flesh. However, if this doesn't happen and we're not able to meet together, I still want to do it on Facebook. So my idea for that. Um, would be whoever's a part of the variety show. You just take a video and record yourself doing your act, and then you post it to your personal Facebook page, and then the church would share it uh, around to the rest of the church as well. So either way, hang on to your acts. We'll do it. Last Supper, Dan, remind me, are we doing Last Supper? It's still April 9th, so I think there's a really good chance that we're doing Last Supper. So um, remember, this is... Uh, an event that needs to be registered for. So go online, bearingcenter.church, and register for that if you haven't already. It's a really cool event. Um, I made some music. If you're bored at home this week, you can look it up on Spotify or Apple iTunes. Uh, just search Trevor Robinson Jones, and you'll find it right away. And I think that's all the announcements we have. Uh, three ways to give. Can't really give in person this week, um, but you can still give online. And you can still actually text to give. Uh, 269-301-1388. So why don't I pray for us and we'll get going today. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for a new morning. Um, we thank you for the sunshine that is, uh, is peeking up over the horizon even as we speak. And God, you are so good to us. You have given us so many blessings, so many things that we have to be thankful for. Uh, we just pray um, that in, in this time that we're gathered together, that you'd help our minds to be focused on you. Uh, minimize the distractions around us, God, so that we can give you the full attention that you deserve. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Trevor. Uh, Well, I have on stage with me Scott McFarland. Uh, Many of you know him uh, as part of our church here, but also as uh, a local business leader. He's the CEO of Honor Credit Union, and of course they have extension uh, their their main headquarters is really close by to the church, but then there's extensions all over the place, right? So that's correct. Um, the uh, didn't you even tell me you've got some down in the south somewhere? The- We're not down south. We went the other direction. We're up in Marquette, Nagani, and Gwynn in the UP. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, yeah, we great. crossed the bridge. We're the only credit union in both peninsulas in Michigan. So okay, that yeah. has actual physical locations. 
Great. All right. Well, so the reason that we do go segments as a church is just to highlight how um, different members of our family are are engaging the gospel in the business community or in different with different skills and abilities they have, with a little bit of encouragement not only to highlight what you know in this case what you're doing, Scott, in your work, but also just to encourage everyone. Every single one of us has been gifted by God with talents, with abilities, with opportunities, with network connections, and all of that. Uh, we, we want to be faithful to the Lord with that. We want to use every opportunity we can uh, to share the gospel. So, so, Scott, maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself first. Uh, give us a little bit of a sense of your, how, how you became the CEO of Honor and uh, what your, where your journey has led you thus far. Absolutely. I appreciate it, and uh, thanks for letting me be here. Uh, so my mom got me my first job in credit unions as a teller, um, a branch. I grew up in the Frankenmuth, Michigan area, Vassar, Michigan, and they were looking for a floating teller between my junior and senior year of college, and uh, I'm like, yeah. She's like, yes, he needs a job. So I got a job as a teller, and I floated to different offices, learned the business, and uh, it's funny looking back what you see versus maybe what you don't see when you're 22, 21. Um, looking back, I can see God's handiwork in my life in many different places, and that was just one of them. So when I graduated, that same credit union happened to need a branch manager, and I uh, was blessed to be able to get that job. Uh, I always have continued to learn through the process and have grown through the industry. So I originally got in the credit unions, and what it didn't seem that long ago. Now it seems like a long time ago, so 1989, and I've been doing it ever since. Um, through different roles, different positions, and different places. So I've worked for about five different credit unions. But continuously what I've enjoyed and what drew me to them is the opportunity to really impact people's lives. And um, so many times that we see the, there's struggles, there's challenges, but then there's also successes. People want to talk about the financial struggles and challenges. There's also raving successes that people do a great job and. Um, it was really cool to see how that all works and how it works um, in the community. Um, credit unions are unique to me because it's a financial cooperative. Um, it's people pooling their money together, and it all started, ironically, during one of the worst financial downturns in the country's history. The credit unions came out of the Great Depression when there weren't many banks left, and the ones that were there weren't, weren't going to serve the people that needed the service without. And so it was a bank or it was a loan shark. And uh, financial cooperatives began. We don't overwhelm the financial services industry by any means, but we feel like we're the big guys in the, in the, in the pond. Um, we don't have a majority of the financials, but we do believe that every member, everybody should be a member of a credit union at some point in time just because of that financial cooperative and helping everybody get a little bit better. So the savers provide for the borrowers, and the borrowers return back to the savers. Okay. Um, so just for those who are curious, I'm sure they wonder – um, maybe some of the statistics about Honor. Um, so maybe tell us how many employees work for Honor, how many different locations are there, um, how many members are there, any other relevant stats you might yeah, want to share. Absolutely. Uh, Honor uh, currently serves the entire state of Michigan plus 14 counties in Indiana and four counties in Wisconsin. We're not in those counties as of yet. Um, but we currently have about 86,000 members um, throughout the entire country. Well, it's beyond the country, actually. We've been around since 1934. Um, it has grown through partnerships, through regular growth in the community. Um, we have 26 locations, three of them, as we talked about, in the UP, most of them in southwest Michigan, all the way up to Allegan as far north and all the way over to Coldwater as far east. And there's about 300. Right now we have 355 people that work, um, work with me at Honor Credit Union, and we really enjoy those individuals, and they're spread out across um, – across the state of Michigan. Some, some do work remotely. We have a couple of remote employees, a few more remote employees right now. 
So that's great. Well, I can say I got I got to visit your headquarters here not that long ago, and one thing I did notice about the employees, it looked like everybody was having fun, which not not every workplace looks that way. So uh, yeah, we we our attempt is to work hard, play hard. Um, it's it's if you enjoy what you're doing, you tend to be successful at it. And uh, the people that work with us do enjoy what they're doing. They really do um, embrace that opportunity to help people. Um, we don't have any fancy, sparkly mission, vision. We have a member promise, and it's providing solutions for your financial success. And we just ask everybody to keep the promise. Um, we have a seven-person board of directors, and those individuals um, have been gracious and kind to give us um, the authority and the ability to do what we need to do to take care of our members. So they, they come in, and we like to... We like to have a good time at work. Work hard, play hard. Great. All right. Well, there's three different kind of categories I want to ask you about in our remaining few minutes. One is your family and just uh, your connection to Berrien Springs. And uh, another is in your business, uh, some of the ways that you lead that group um, with, with sort of principle in mind, with the gospel in mind. Uh, one comment that you had made uh, when you actually helped us with our youth leadership um, event earlier this year, and you had talked about the, uh, the living for the audience of one. And having God as the object of really everything we're doing is ultimately for him. So maybe you could speak into that a little. And uh, and then I think just because of the times, we'd all be curious about how honor just uh, w- what the coronavirus means in your context. And as a business leader, what are some of the things that you're planning for, preparing for? So why don't we start with your family? Tell us a little bit about them. I can start there. Um, people have heard this. I tell everybody who knew comes to honor. I married way up. Uh, I married Beth. Uh, Bergdalt was her maiden name. We've We've known each other since high school, but didn't start dating until we went to two different colleges. So, again, God's plans. Um, she's more athletic. She's smarter. She's definitely better looking, has more hair. So, it's pretty, you know, covering all the bases. Um, she, uh, and then uh, she, uh, Beth was an exercise physiologist in Ann Arbor. We, we stayed. We lived in Fenton, Michigan when we first got married and moved to the west side. Um, was brought here by, came here for another credit union job. Um, not at Honor and uh, worked there for almost 10 years and was blessed with all that I learned there and the many different things. It was a great organization to work for. Really enjoyed um, the people there. So um, moved here with the family. When he came here, my oldest was six months old. And I have four kids, Mason, Mara, Marshall, and Micah, three boys and a girl. Um, And uh, my oldest is 22 now. Um, My Mara is 20. Marshall is 17. And Micah is 13. Uh, they go to Berrien Springs Public Schools. Micah goes to Trinity in Berrien Springs. And uh, we have been blessed uh, many times over coming here. Uh, really enjoy it. Beth, when we moved here, um, made the decision to stay home and raise the kids. She was an exercise physiologist in Ann Arbor, so she did cardiac rehab. And um, I was blessed that she was willing to do that. I tell everybody, if she screws up, we have four juvenile delinquents that will haunt the earth for a very long time. If I screw up, things just don't balance. So um, it's <laughs> she's got the bigger job, um, and she she now works with the rec department here in Bering Springs. So, um, but grew up in Vassar, grew up in the Franklin Muth area. Was born in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, that's where my mom and dad from. And uh, the my walk has been a, um, an enjoyable walk, um, both in life but also with Christ. So that, that's been an, an enjoyable time. And uh, it was funny because as you go through life, <clears throat> different things interact with you. And one of the coaches that I coached with one time, he's like, what do you want for your kids? And it really made me think about that. And um, it was a time in my life that uh, through that, uh, through interactions and connections that I've had, um, I call them equity connections. Um, I realized the one thing that I want for my kids more than anything is, is salvation in Jesus Christ. 
Um, they don't have to be the best baseball, football track. They don't have to be. Now, they are blessed, and we are blessed that they are. They excel in what they do, but we continue to remind them they're doing that for an audience of one. Um, that's really what they're doing it for. So all the other things go away in the end, but one thing doesn't. So that's salvation. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so, so tell us a little bit about your business and how you lead from a Christian perspective. Uh, it, it's uh, Leading from a Christian perspective is... Um, so my, my favorite verse is Micah 6, 8. And uh, uh, servant leadership, I believe, is really what, would, what makes an organization um, successful because you really are serving people. Um, sometimes we forget the more titles or the, the higher up you go or the more authority the world thinks you have. In reality, it's the more authority you really should be giving to others. Um, and... Um, when you think about what Christ did and, and his level of servant leadership and how he did it so humbly, it's not easy in the business world because it's not necessarily smiled upon. Um, but there are opportunities, and there's opportunities um, in just regular holidays that we experience every single year in this country. And um, those holidays are just holidays to some. Um, but we've made a point, I've made a point, that um, Christmas it will always be Christmas. It won't be happy holidays. Um, that's a little thing, but I always make sure I reach out to our team members um, as we get ready to go on into a, one of those um, holidays, Easter, Christmas, whatever it may be, and um, remind people in an email, really, to um, remember why we're here. And not everybody, not everybody in our organization is a Christian. Some um, have no idea who Christ is. Um, but I think that you can reflect that in your actions, and the, that backs up the words. And I've realized that's so important in today's world is the actions speak so much louder than the words. And then any other opportunity you have to uh, play a role. Part of that is I, I've read books. I, I read uh, Lead for God's Sake and how you look for opportunities to um, engage people and not to beat them down, but to raise them up and say, well, why do you feel that way? And everybody knows nothing else will never be one in life, and everything's number four, God, family, country. And um, those don't, nothing else will never be one, two, or three. Um, and I tell everybody that, and it just creates opportunities. I think as a Christian leader, um, one, of our, one of our challenges is to create opportunities to talk to people, open that door. Um, like you said, the network connections, I call them equity connections. You can, there's value that's given and taken from both individuals in it. And um, as, as we go through honor and as we do that, I, there's times that, hey, we, we all stumble, right? And there's times I know when my priority is out of order and when God isn't number one. And if I can tell, um, usually tell really fast. So um, it's a constant opportunity when an opportunity arises to take it. Um, and that's, that's really what it's just basic in the core values we have, the different things we do have surround have been surrounded and and designed around that yeah that's great i think it was just a couple of weeks ago we were talking in the church about servant leadership and the the principle of what the world values the people who can can get bigger and bolder and stronger sometimes at the expense of others uh, and jesus wrapped the towel around his waist and started to serve his disciples and took the lowest place and said he who serves is actually greater than all. And uh, so what a, what a neat principle to live by, but then also to have an opportunity to lead an organization with that in your heart. 
it's a constant practice. It's always constant practice because the world keeps coming back and saying, hey, hey, hey. And it's like, uh, it, there's, there is no, those 355 people that I work with um, make things happen every single day in our members' lives that I, frankly, don't have the capacity or the capability to do. So it's, it's amazing what you do. Um, Christ surrounded himself with amazing people, too. And uh, he built a team. And sometimes we miss that. And uh, Jesus CEO is an amazing book that talks about really all those the things that you can learn that um, I, it, he was a great coach in any facet of life and continues to be a great coach in my life. That's great. All right. Um, you know what? Before we get to the last question, just about, you know, your business response to coronavirus, I'm going to ask you to kind of pray for us in that regard. And for uh, a lot of our congregation, I'm sure, will be impacted in their work and certainly in school and things like that. Uh, so we can pray about that. We want to hear a little bit about that. But uh, as far as how you would encourage somebody out there who's either at the beginning of their career journey or maybe they're in a transitional time in their career and just thinking, like, I, I want my life to count. And even though I don't have sort of a religious calling, per se, I want my calling to glorify God wherever I go and serve. Um, how would you coach that person? Uh, I think number one is get your priorities straight. It took me a while. I, I, I came across some amazing people in my life and um, established those priorities. My mom um, was uh, a uh, um, foundation of my Christian upbringing. And then people I came across, the CEO of uh, another credit union who passed away suddenly, but was a strong Christian foundation. Um, I think that you look to associate with people that you see uh, emulating that Christian um, belief and, and align yourself with them so you can learn from them. Um, that's number one. Number two is, um, pray. <laughs> uh, there's, it's amazing how much is out there. And this is just one example. I mean, we're coming into people's homes today and there's, there's so many resources available to help, um, people that are just getting started, people that might be struggling. Uh, there's tremendous things out there. Um, podcast books, whatever it may be, um, the book. Uh, but some of that is application. So find those areas that you can apply um, the, in your life that apply to what you're in right now and reach out to others that may be, that can support you and that will assume positive intent and will build you up. There's enough out there to tear all of us down. Stay away from it. Um, God has great plans and um, listen to what he is saying to you sometimes there's a lot of there's a lot of value in the silence with him and um, that's one of the things I'm constantly striving is finding that silence in a very loud world so somebody who's somebody who's starting out make a commitment to your priorities and, and don't waver um, and but listen to others too there's a value that people bring to the table and I've learned that they bring tremendous value and the opportunity to hear what they have to say or maybe learn from them wherever they may be, whatever their role may be. So no, that's great. You know, one, one question I was reflecting on the other day was with so many different things being canceled, uh, we're all finding ourselves with more time. And so it's a great opportunity to decide with that time, rather than just kind of watching Netflix the whole time, what, uh, what do I want to learn about? What, what might be the next step in my career journey or my life journey or my spiritual journey? And, and maybe I could be very intentional leveraging some of this newfound time I have uh, to make sure that I'm, I'm growing and kind of ready for what comes next. So 
So as one final piece, uh, maybe you could tell us just really briefly, you know, what, what's Honor doing about coronavirus, and, and then maybe you could pray over all of us as we do face that challenge together. Absolutely. Um, so we're, we're like everybody else. We're trying to adjust on the uh, – so our team is meeting at 10 a.m. every single day, seven days a week right now, uh, virtually, so doing it um, through, through Zoom. And what's happened next? How's it going to affect us? Um, we have half of our team in that operations center in Bering Springs. It's about 170 people in there. Half of them are out working remote. We've set up remote locate. They're working from home. Um, and then we'll, we're doing that so that we have backup plans. So if somebody does get ill or if there is a, um, if it is in the building, then we have people that can continue to run the critical operations. We aren't closing our offices. We aren't doing any of that right now, but we're building plans. And I think that's the biggest thing right now is I'd encourage everybody to just plan, but don't stop living. Um, there's a lot of things that are still happening out there. Get out there. Um, and, uh, um, visit some of the local places right now. I mean, we're trying not to overreact. There's this side that's panicking. There's this side that's saying, oh, no big deal. There's a, there's a very um, important middle, and you don't hear a lot from the middle, so we're trying to establish ourselves in that middle. And we're doing some things for our members. Um, we're reaching out to our uh, businesses. We're reaching out to um, members to let them know we've, we've reduced some things that if people are having a tough time being alone, but, you know, reach out to us. We can be very creative. And we're, we're erring on the side of helping people. Um, we try to do that every day, every, but it's a different situation. There's going to be people that need some help because economically, economically it, we see that it's going to impact um, a pretty wide area um, as people kind of retract. So um, we're getting the message out that we're here to help, ask, don't assume, and uh, let us know what you need. And we'll find creative ways to help you out if at all possible. So that's, that's it. But constantly communicating to our team, like, hey, we're okay. We're okay. It's, it'll be fine. We got this. Um, so we're kind of doing what you said in your, your email out earlier this week is we're taking a step to what can we be? What can we do? How can we lead? How can we um, do something maybe a little bit different? Um, we always think what opportunity does this provide for us to Maybe think of things in a different way, and uh, I, that's God's will too, right? Um, opportunities pop up every day, and sometimes we're so busy pushing forward, it's creating a pause button. We're going, oh, maybe we can do this better. That's great. All right, well, would you lead us in prayer? Absolutely. Lord, we come to you, and we thank you for the opportunity, one, to be here in your house today and to, uh, and to have your house go to everybody else's homes as we take proactive steps to make sure that we all as a nation and as a people are, are healthy and can unify to um, overcome this challenge in our lives right now. We ask that uh, you be with us throughout the remainder of the day. Thank you for being with us here today and for the blessings of um, Berrien Center and them extending um, into the homes. Uh, let us know that we are the church, no matter where we may be, and let us lean and reach out to each other um, in humility and kindness and caring during this challenging time, knowing that you got this and that we are living for an audience of one. And help us to remember that each and every day. And uh, thank you for the grace and leadership of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Scott.